Okay, imagine two different scenarios. One scenario is a huge group of people all in the same place, attending to the same thing, watching the same thing. A concert, uh, a movie, theater, something like that. I can't really think of any other examples. But a huge stadium of people all watching the same thing. And there's a certain sort of feel for that. There's a certain energy that's there. And when something funny happens in the movie, everyone sort of laughs together. They sort of feel the same thing together. When something sad happens, they feel sad. When uh, you know, the singer does well, they, they get more into it. They're clapping together. Maybe they're dancing together, something like that. There's a certain sort of part of us that is really purely social, that is just meant to just connect with others and be and do and feel the same things that they do. That's just part of the human experience. And it's kind of a really essential part. So that's one scenario, imagine that. The other scenario is this. It's just you and one other person that you care about. Your spouse or your best friend or your parent or something like that. And you're just having a quiet, good conversation, just the two of you. It's a different experience. And it's intimate in ways that the crowd experience isn't. And it's interesting in ways that the crowd experience isn't. It's personal more than it's social. And when you're part of the crowd, you're part of the crowd. You're one of many. And there's something nice, there's something okay about that. But when you're just having a conversation, just you and one other, you're not just part, you're a whole, you're a person. And the person that you're talking to is also a person to you. And the relationship that you have is of two individuals, not of two numbers in a crowd. Again, they're both really interesting, very quintessential human experiences, uh, but they're different. Christ uh, addresses us in both of those aspects of our, of our humanity. He speaks to the crowds. And the gospel that I read is, it picks up at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus was up on a mountain and he was talking to a crowd and he was teaching. And when it comes to teaching, when it comes to the truth, we're not special. We're part of a crowd listening. We're all watching the same. Just like when we're watching a movie, we're all watching the same movie. We might receive it differently or interpret it differently, but the movie is what it is. The concert is what it is. And we're all sharing it together. We're sharing that one and same experience. We share the truth. There's a little bit of a, there's kind of a slogan kind of going around. It's been around for a long time, but they'll, they'll say like, what's your truth? And this is my truth. Okay, that's, I get what they mean. What they mean is, what's my experience with something? But the word truth really means what's shared between all of us. I don't have a truth, and neither do you. There's only one, and we all sort of participate in it. But, after Jesus is done teaching, he comes down from the mountain. And there, Matthew gives us a, a sort of series of um, interactions that Jesus has with individuals. Now it's not the crowd that's the issue. 
Now it's not everybody that he's addressing. It's one person at a time. And there's a lot to learn from those as well. And the first person he meets, the very first miracle that uh, Matthew describes in any kind of detail is this leper who's being cleansed. So let's look at these sort of two, two parts here of, of the gospel that I read. What's the job of a crowd? What do we gain? What are we supposed to get out of being the crowd that is listening to Christ? Well, we listen to his teaching. We receive it. We are obedient to it. And in fact, it says that uh, he taught them as one who had authority. So when it comes to a crowd, there has to be something about authority. There has to be something that is, carries strength. It's not about individuality. Crowds follow a leader, and a leader has authority, and Christ has that authority, and Christ is that kind of leader. And when we are part of the crowd, when we are part of the church that follows him, it, that means we acknowledge his authority over us. It means we say, Lord, you are in charge, and my preferences are irrelevant. You call the shots. And then when he comes down from the mountain, the crowds follow him. That's part of being at that concert. We follow him. We do what he does. We go where he goes. What about as individuals? How do we encounter Christ as individuals? Well, we'll just take the gospel today as an example, and it might not be the only way, but one of the things that is relevant about us as individuals is that we're wounded. What is it that makes me special and different from the crowd and set apart? The fact that I'm messed up. We all share the truth together, but we all have our own wounds. We're all weird in our own way. We're all hurt in our own way. And it's in that woundedness that we encounter Christ as individuals. Because when he teaches, he teaches the human race, and we all have that in common. But when he heals, he heals us, one by one. And one by one, he sees us, and he speaks to us. And we go to him in our individuality, broken, outcast, rejected by others, because that's what lepers were, they were rejected, they were not, weren't allowed to live with the crowd. It was against the law because of infection and, and so on, possibility of infection for others. So they were outcast. They were rejected by everybody else. They were considered unclean. They were diseased. Matthew's somehow telling us that we should know that we are all those things in our souls, in our hearts. We are unclean in our sins. We are wounded by our pasts and our lives. And we are outcasts. We're outcasts sometimes literally. Sometimes people just reject us. But, so, but another way we're outcasts because in our sinfulness, we set our, put ourselves apart from the people of God. And amazingly, interestingly, it's there that Christ encounters us one-on-one. -on -one, in that woundedness, in that brokenness. And he comes to heal us. And the way he heals 
is by touching. Again, it was against the law to touch a leper. Jesus disregards that law. Jesus is greater than the law. He's greater than even the Sabbath. And so when he touches this leper, one-on-one, individually, personal contact, that leper is healed and even then, the sort of individual connection is so strong, Jesus says, okay, don't even tell anybody about this. Just go to the priest, offer the sacrifice. This is between me and you. This is a special moment that we had together. Christ is inviting us to that as well. In the life of the church, there are two aspects. And Mass is the culmination of that. We're at the best thing that we can be at right now. Better than making guacamole and getting ready. Okay. We're at the best thing we can be at right now. Because right now, we are together as a crowd. We are hearing the scriptures. We're receiving the word of God. All together. But later, each of you one by one is individually going to come forward and receive the body of Christ. And the same body of Christ that touched that leper and healed him is going to touch you and heal you. Notice where it ends. Notice the more important part. What we receive as a group is the truth of the gospel, is the truth of the incarnation. And it's beautiful and it's amazing. But what we receive as individuals, when we receive communion, we receive one by one the body of Christ that touches and heals us. However, it is called communion. And what's really amazing about that last thing that we do at Mass is that even though we come and receive him one by one, that one body of Christ that we all receive connects us together in a charity, in a, in a love of God and neighbor that we could never accomplish on our own. So brothers and sisters, we receive the word of God together. We receive the Son of God into our hearts one by one so that we can be drawn together more in love. Amen.